Welcome to the Women of Yesen podcast. I'm your host, Sophia, and this is an invitation to join me and our amazing guests to find inspiration and insights into your own journey to Yesen. If you ever feel overwhelmed or confused along the way, I'm also here to support you so you can tackle your challenges with confidence and make progress towards this lofty goal. To find out more about my work, check the episode description and make sure to subscribe. Well, إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر Bismillah, wassalat wassalam ala rasulillah. Welcome to this new episode of the Women of Yesen podcast. Today I have with me Mariam, who works as a solicitor for private clients, and she's a fellow chartered legal executive at WNP Legal. Her expertise lies in the area of Islamic inheritance laws, making her one of the select few in the United Kingdom with her with a qualification in Islamic jurisprudence. Recognized for her outstanding work, she received high commendation at the British Muslim Awards in 2020, specifically in the category of rising stars in law. Her remarkable contributions have led to her recent nomination for the prestigious Asian Legal Awards. As an advocate for inclusivity and diversity in the workplace, Mariam serves as the East Midland Ambassador for the Muslim Employment Charter. Her involvement in this organization underscores the importance of fostering a culture of understanding and acceptance within professional environments. I am very delighted and honored to have you today, Mariam. Salam alaikum. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making the time in your busy schedule to come and speak with me. Jazakallah khairan. So let's dive into it. Uh, without further ado, please tell us about yourself, uh, your background, anything that we can learn from and be inspired by. Yeah, um, as you mentioned, I'm a private client solicitor. I specialize in Islamic laws inheritance and also wills, a lasting power of attorney, probate and estate planning. I'm also a Quranic teacher. I teach Quran um, since the age of 18, I think, 17, 18. Uh, I've been teaching Quran and still am. Uh, and you also mentioned that I'm also an ambassador of the uh, Muslim Employment Charter. So I'll, I'll give you a bit of background. Um, I was bred and born in the UK. Um, I have two younger siblings, two brothers. Um, my father sadly passed away when I was eight years old. He was diagnosed with cancer. Um, after my dad's death, my mum struggled financially. So we had to sell our family home. Uh, I moved to a rec uh, rented accommodation, uh, which was quite challenging for us. Uh, in, because my mum is from Pakistan and also my dad was from Pakistan, mum, in search of uh, family support, my mum decided to move me and my brothers herself to back home to Pakistan when I was at the age of 14. Um, there, I started my journey in Islamic studies. I completed it at the age of 17. Uh, we then returned to the UK um, and I found a purpose in teaching the Quran uh, whilst pursuing my further studies. Uh, starting as a volunteer or a work experience in a law firm, I later secured a job as a legal secretary. Um, at the age of 19, uh, I got married 
um, and had um, and at the age of 20 uh, had my first child mashallah um, so <laughs> yeah alhamdulillah um, so between the age of 20 and 28 I had three children alhamdulillah um, so balancing education work parenting three children uh, and supporting my family became did definitely become a roller coaster because I had to support my mom and two younger brothers as well but then I took this as a determination However, I had health issues, health challenges during my second pregnancy, which I had to temporarily uh, pause my studies. Um, but with my mother's motivation, um, she asked me to go back to studies. She pushed me back um, and then I continued my studies. Um, in 2018, both me and my brother, both of us achieved our graduation, alhamdulillah. Um, and in my final year of law, when I was studying Silex, I met my boss, uh, who is my current boss and my law tutor, Nick Ash, um, who taught me wills and succession and probate practice. Um, during my final year, he actually offered me a job at WMP Legal. So I'm working here since then at That's WMP. Wonderful. Um, Alhamdulillah, yeah. Um, and then um, how Islamic Wills started uh, is, is, is a story in itself. Um, in, in We went to an exhibition at NEC in Birmingham promote wills and probate I went with my with my boss and my fellow fellow colleagues um a fellow solicitor actually came up to me uh, when, whilst I was standing there and said to me sister you should emphasize Islamic wills um that's when I you know had the ideas like that's this is so true because having the background of Islamic studies and uh, you know it seamlessly fits really well with my work and because I'm offering wills service and I have the you know Islamic wills inheritance background yes this is a very good idea and then and much we, needed as well much needed much needed in our community definitely um, and then we launched Islamic wills in October 2018 then um, handling complex cases in Islamic inheritance um, I then decided to further do uh, study and have an intensive course which I went back to Pakistan in March 2020 to do an extra tense course on Islamic laws of inheritance. During that time as you know the pandemic hit so the pandemic extended my stay in Pakistan so I had to stay there mm-hmm. for more than the time that I actually um, decided to uh, to stay. Uh, during that time I set up a remote workspace offering services through video calls, Zooms, emails um, and I started my first Facebook legal clinic addressing the wills and the probate issues in it most importantly the islamic laws of inheritance issues so mm. that's when that's where it all started um oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay that's great that's great a blessing uh, in disguise basically absolutely alhamdulillah what would you say were the problems that you have had so you've touched upon a few things challenges that for most of us are like uh, sounds really really difficult like to start to start with um like yeah. um, losing your, your father rahimallah and how did ha- your faith help you overcome those challenges um my faith has had a big impact on my life uh, teaching me values like patience acceptance respect for others so these principles are crucial in my career where i focus on islamic laws inheritance and provide more uh, important services to our community. Now, talking about um, the importance of having a will uh, and discussing personal financial matters, and especially death, especially our Muslim community, they said they tend to you know, avoid these conversations. 
Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's mentioned in the Quran, it's guided by our beloved Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Um, so yeah, you know, I noticed that our community didn't have much knowledge. So, which I thought that there's there's uh, there's a saying, there's a hadith that having an Islamic law's inheritance knowledge is equivalent to half of the knowledge. So the knowledge I had and my duty, I believe, as a Muslim and a Muslimah, is to spread that knowledge. So mm-hmm. I didn't have the intention to you know, do good in my business or, you know, make more clients. My intention, a simple intention, was to be a Sadhguru for my parents, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the only way to do that is to expand the knowledge and spread the knowledge of Islam and Islamic inheritance through within the community. And surprisingly, people from all over the UK started reaching out to me after watching my legal clinics, because my legal clinics were only based on you know, wills and probate, but mm. most importantly, it's Islamic inheritance about the burial, about funeral wishes, um, you know, all about, you know, how to appoint um, beneficiaries, guardians, executors, but most importantly, reflecting to the Quran and Surah Nisa and Surah Baqarah, where specifically mentioned that why we see it is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't expect it to become so such a widespread. Um, it, it was incredible. The feedback I received, sister, it was unbelievable, not eat, not just from Muslim community, but from non-Muslim law firms, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And this actually gave other Muslim sisters and brothers um, the, the opportunity to s- offer this service in their law firm, mm-hmm. having uh, Islamic laws inheritance. And I have quite a few uh, um, Islamic will writers who actually come back to me if there's a complex case and we can discuss it and I'll guide them through it. Uh, and my intention is um, to actually um, launch, inshallah, maybe next year, uh, an intensive um, Islamic Laws Inheritance course for everyone. Either mm-hmm. they're a professional, either they're just at home, just for mm-hmm. learning, because this is something that is much needed here, especially in the UK, this anonymous country, because I struggled to find someone who can actually teach me Islamic Law of Inheritance. I had to go back home uh, to, to receive that intense course. I mean, there are some basic courses out here. You can do lots of reading, but this, there wasn't anyone here who could actually give me the intensive, intense course. Because when you get clients, lot of, um, lots of situations, it's not basic scenario. They have you know, family members, extended family members. Um, so yeah, but Alhamdulillah, by doing lots of workshops and community centers, at the local masjid, my legal clinic, alhamdulillah, I, I managed to spread the knowledge and the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. I just want a question uh, regarding this course you want to be uh, offering. Do you have to be in the UK to benefit or can it be from anyone worldwide? It can be anyone worldwide because Islamic law of inheritance is the same. Surah Al-Nisa, Surah Al-Baqarah. So all mm-hmm. I'm going to do is interpret what's saying, saying, saying in the Quran. It will be a, inshallah, this is my intention, uh, to be an online course where anyone can access that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously I am still, this is just the early stage. Mm-hmm. I'm, still provide, I'm still going through my notes and also make sure that everything's, you know, correct, first of all, and also simple for other people to understand. Okay. So it can get it can the calculation and all that can get quite confusing. So I want to make it as simple as possible, but also to understand because this is a basic need, basic requirement for every Muslim to understand how important the Islamic law of inheritance is. And this should be a basic knowledge that everybody should should yes. seek. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was just asking about the geography because I was wondering, is it 
because you are also in the UK, based in the UK, and you are also a solicitor, like you know the law of your uh, country, is it combination of both laws? You see what I mean? Yes. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, I like for someone and for someone who lives in another country, say um, Italy, Spain, Germany, can they apply this, or do they have to have the knowledge of their own uh, country's law? Okay, so Islamic law inherently is the same for everyone. Okay, mm -hmm. so the course I will be delivering is is based on Islamic laws inheritance, okay. and not the UK law. Okay. In order to implement the Islamic law inheritance, whilst you are in your country, you mm -hmm. should know the local law as well, the local legislation, because in England, it's more about inheritance tax. So you need to know how to mitigate or minimize your inheritance tax liability. Um, I mean, we can we can talk about this the whole day, um, but when we're writing Islamic rules, we have to take into consideration the local law as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But if you are maybe in a Muslim country, it's, it's, it's easy because they only follow the Sharia law. Whereas if you are in Italy, England, USA, um, you need to also um, have such some some knowledge. Not knowledge. You can actually you know speak to your local solicitor. You know, if you go to the local solicitor and say, "This is my." This is my wishes. This is how I want my Islamic inheritance to be distributed. Okay. Can you please make sure it's tax efficient? And then the, the solicitor can then, uh, you know, follow the Islamic law's inheritance, the percentage that you've written, but also make sure that your will will be tax efficient to put trust or some clauses in the will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super important because, I mean, again, it's a subject we don't like speaking about, right. but sooner or later it's going to happen and, absolutely and and we better get prepared for that and uh, and our families and so on that's absolutely why... i mean death is the only certain thing that we have in life exactly exactly and that's why i really uh, found your profile so interesting and uh, you know the, the topic and everything because it's very much needed and i wanted to hear from you not not only the the uh, the part like the technical part obviously it's not uh, it's not um, a discussion about uh, the the legal um, aspect but yeah. just maybe uh, mention this and maybe someone who's going to listen to that will take an interest ideally as Muslims uh, in the West we should be able to go to someone like yourself who's studied both to guide us because not everyone can become a, a lawyer or specialist in um, in the legislation. But inshallah, maybe at some point we're going to have enough of specialists uh, who have studied the Islamic jurisprudence and fiqh and also the law of the country we are living. So, uh, but I found this uh, really fascinating. Um, and thank you for sharing all of this because I think a lot of a lot of us, because we don't like thinking about it, we really have no idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, more about yourself. You, you've had this uh, upbringing in the UK, but also you you went back when you were quite young. You were in Pakistan. How did your faith shape uh, your perspective? So my, my job is all about the Islamic values. So I'm just going to go back to my, uh, is that where I work um, at WMP Legal, especially, it helped me a lot because they actually understood my needs in terms of my faith. Okay. Mm -hmm. Respect, you know, my religious belief. We have a specific specific designated area to pray namaz. We have a wudu facility. Uh, we have flexible hours during Ramadan, which is great, which is actually helped me. So my, you know, which has helped me pursue my faith together with my career. Mm -hmm. Um 
And I do understand there's a lot of places here, a lot of workplaces here where they do not understand the the the, the importance of having these such things, but especially for the Muslim employees. This is why I actually um, became an ambassador um, for the Muslim Employment Charter is to assist employers in being more considerate of their working of their workers, sorry, um, their employees by understanding their religious needs. So we we we, we provide them with trainings with, with extra knowledge, um, help them to have, find a designated area to prayer area, help them having help them to have a, a wudu facility. Yeah, so that's one of the the most important thing I believe, um, and and of course my 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 religion has played a massive massive um, role in into my life because had I not had the Islamic laws of inheritance knowledge, I wouldn't be here today. You know, there are a lot of private clients letters out there, but what makes me stand out is that I've kept my deen within me, um, and having that knowledge, I you know. I've been recognized by several different places, different organizations as well. Most importantly, what I say to my daughter as well, that your hijab, covering yourself, it's not a it's not a burden. Okay. First of all, it's my identity. It it identifies who you are and gives you the confidence. Now, my hijab gives me the confidence, I will say. Um, and then having the prayer facility at work, um, and you know. It's like a bonus. It's lovely to to hear from you and from, you know, the confidence that um, that you've had and being aligned with your identity as a as a Muslim woman in the UK. Yeah. So I hope it can resonate with uh, with a lot of us, inshallah. So I can hear that having studied Islamic law and being uh, a teacher of Quran, being a woman of Islam. I mean, we are all on a, on a, on a journey. We are all on different stages. For you now, at this stage of your life, what does it mean for you to strive to become, you know, to to have this excellence in everything that you do? How to strive is, first of all, um, in my profession uh, first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll explain about my religion as well, is that keeping up with the newest uh, legal updates on your profession, whatever profession you are, keep an update on whatever the updates are. Uh, if okay. you're an accountant, if you're a lawyer, if you're a nurse, whatever you're... Um, and by making time for your daily prayer, mm -hmm. it's so important. You know, when people say, you know, we are, we are tired working constantly. The me time is your, your prayer time. Mm -hmm. Take that five minutes out to do your wudu and pray wherever you are. It'll give you that me time. So that daily prayers are, are an important part of my routine. Um, I'm very lucky to work in WMP Legal because we're only four days a week. Our office hours are Fridays, our office is closed, mm -hmm. which means that it gives me, uh, so Friday is a special day for me, of course, for every Muslim. And it gives me the time to set aside just to do some dhikr and just to be grateful of everything that I have, acknowledging and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by staying determined, obviously, it's crucial. Mm -hmm. both for your, your your religious needs and your career is there maybe over the years something maybe a, a story that you can share with us about where you saw how important it was for you to have this faith or maybe some most of the time subhanallah it's not in the good times that's that we appreciate our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having these prayers and everything most of the time, it's in the difficult times. So that's why 
I'm asking you, is there, if it, if, it, if it was in a good time, please do share with us. But I know that from, uh, also from my own experience, it's when we are in the lowest of the low that, um, that we, we hold on to, to our faith and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it keeps us going. Going, absolutely. And yes, you're right. Um, I mean, my faith became, I, it became very strong when, as I said, when my dad died. I was very, very close to my dad. Very close. And I remember when my dad passed away and my mom saying to me, and as I'm 35 now and I was eight then. And I remember my mom saying to me, Marianne, don't cry. Don't, you know, don't do this and don't do that. So, so just ask me not to do, you know, the negative stuff and be good. So what she said to me is, Marianne, whatever you're going to do, the angels will give your dad the good news that your daughter's doing this. That's the only thing that motivated me till now. I always, whatever I do, and even though when I'm teaching the Quran and even teaching my daughters, I mean, my daughter, mashallah, she's going to be 15 next month. Um, I even say to them as well, and to become a Sadhguru So I think my, it's from this age of eight, is because of the love that I had for my father. And this is why I have the love for, my, for Allah, for my creator, is because of that. You know, when we say blessing in disguise, you know, losing a parent is hard. It's very, very hard. But at the end of the day, the reality is all of us are going to go. Now, maybe that was a blessing in disguise. Maybe because of that, Allah turned me to, towards him because Allah wanted me to be closer to him. So every step I take, everything I do. So I started my salah when I was eight. I started to wear hijab when I was eight. And it's quite challenging at the time because, as I said, I'm from the UK. I was born and bred here. Going to a primary school, being year three or year four, wearing hijab, it wasn't wasn't such common back then mm -hmm. uh, and there wasn't much knowledge of Islam back then but now alhamdulillah we're blessed you know everyone has you know and everyone's respecting everyone's accepting whereas back then it wasn't that the case mm -hmm. but that made me even more stronger uh, I used to have friends I used to have family members saying Maria why are you wearing this take it off it's a birthday it's a wedding take it off but that made me even more stronger mm -hmm. so my identity is my hijab is because the negativity I had around me made me more strong, which is really weird. Um, so since then, I have the intention that whatever I'm doing is for the, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no doubt, but also pleasing my dad. And that's what gets me going. Oh, that's so beautiful. I don't want to get too emotional again because it's so easy when uh, you get involved in the... in. Um... In everything, because subhanallah, what we are what we are speaking about here is life, and it is. it's it's the reality, and yeah, everything that's going to matter is when we die and what we have to present. Yeah, so that's it's not trivial. It's not just having a good time. Is no. really trying to remember uh, what's the most important, like what we need really need to pay attention to, and what we can neglect neglect because more often than not we do we do that the other way around so you mashallah you are just a great i mean great inspiration and motivation it's like from the age from the age of eight mashallah i mean congratulations to your mom to yeah, be a single mother my um, single mother my single muslim mother and uh, she was she herself was midwife um, back then so she was also in profession she was also working mm -hmm. um but i think it was because of the guidance of my mom mm -hmm. because even because if she didn't sat me down and didn't explain me what has happened mm -hmm. and what i need to do i would have been lost mm -hmm. and it would have been more difficult 
because she sat me down, she explained what she requires from me and what a lot requires from us. And this is a test and how to overcome this test and how to succeed in this test. You know, it's very important. And this is for every Muslim out there, especially mothers, to guide your daughters the same way, guide your sons the same way. It's explained to them, yes, you know, the situations do arise. And I do see, you know, because my, my work is wills and probates. Probate is basically where people pass away, deal with their estate. But I don't just deal with their estate. I actually speak and experience that from my clients. Mm-hmm. I had a young mother, age of 40, mm-hmm. 40, who died with cancer, leaving behind three children. The youngest was two years old. It was heartbreaking. But it's very, very difficult. But having my experience, and I can, I obviously that two-year-old didn't understand, but the children who were slightly older, uh, you know, do understand. And what I used to say to them and to the family is, do the good. And trust me, sister, when I, when you're in hardship, when you have that an anxiety, depression sort of mode, and when I have it, I always have I do I do zikr, lots of zikr. It, it doesn't have to be loud. It can be you know quietly. Just saying Allah's word, Subhanallah, or Astaghfirullah, or you know any sort of um, recite any sort of Allah's names, you know Yahayu Yaqayu, whatever you know you were comfortable with, mm-hmm. and that will definitely overcome that situation and became it gives you a bit more power boost, you know, mm-hmm. it fuel up a bit, you know, um, so that which is very important because moving on, when I actually started Islamic Wheels, um, and it was daunting for me as well, because Sharia law in the UK, it's daunting. Mm. Um, and I remember, because the reason being is, it's scary because of the misconception fueled by the media, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, again, starting, when I started this project, the scary thing for me was launching Sharia law, mm. as in Muslim was inheritance. But again, as I said, because of the guidance I had from my mom and the support that I had and encouragement from my managing director, my boss, who's Nick, he is not a Muslim. Mm-hmm. The amount of support I got from him is as hats off to him as well. And he's, he's a blessing in disguise for me. I do, I see him as my father figure. Mm-hmm. He is my teacher. And we all should, all, always we should respect our teacher. He's my boss. But at the same time, the support he gave me made a huge difference um, and it's, it's it's really it's really not funny, but Nick not only understands there's a need in our in our community because he's been doing this, he's been practicing this for about eighteen years now. Um, he actually understands the Islamic inheritance really well. He's done his research, which was mind blowing for me, which was incredible. I was impressed. I was very well impressed. Anonymous um, had. Study, not study, yet study. I did his research, Islamic law inheritance, where he could actually help me. My 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 when I first started this, which is an unbelievable, alhamdulillah. And then he encouraged me to do this and helped me to overcome the daunting and the scariness, as you know, for Sharia law. <laughs> and then again, alhamdulillah, I received such a positive feedback. Um, as I said, from Muslim non-Muslim law firms, um, and lots of laws have been lawyers have been uh, inspired by this. What we're trying to say is having knowledge of your deen, having faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely help you with your dunya and your hereafter, with your personal life, with your career. I believe it's very, very important. So embracing and living your faith in your daily life by both practicing personally and by sharing your knowledge, it is very, very important. 
apart from and thank you for sharing all of that but apart from you know your the daily prayers uh, that we all do alhamdulillah uh, your dhikr your quran are there other maybe not so obvious habits that you have uh, to keep you going yeah uh, first of all i like reading okay so as i said whatever career you have you need to be up to date with that okay um, so i set goals clear goals Mm-hmm. So I define short-term and long-term term goals, which helps me, you know, to get going. Morning routines, so start of day, you start your day early. Um, I prioritize and plan my work. Um, as I said, continuous learning. Having a he- healthy lifestyle as well, which is very important. So because we also need to be healthy in order to manage your personal and your personal life and your career you know mm-hmm. if I'm not healthy if not if I don't have the energy to take care of three children and work at the same time mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do that so yeah. you know maintain a balanced diet um time management so prioritize your time effectively so you know so that you do the day you are working you're giving your time to your clients during the evening you need to give the time to your children so we manage your time effectively networking is very important especially in the legal career but any sort of career Mm-hmm. Uh, and maintain a st- strong relationship, professional re- relationship with those, others. Um, have a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. So if you've done something and you fail, it doesn't matter. Try again. You know, positive mindset is so important. If you do not have that, you know, it's going to be difficult. Consistency is very important. So stay constant in your efforts, either if it's, if it's your professional or, as I said, your salah, your, your zikr, you know, or your work life, whatever it is, constantly, you know, it's important to stay constant in your effort um, and reflect and evaluate, you know, regularly assess your progress and see how how you're doing. At the same time, take time out and relax, mm-hmm. you know, which is very important. And surround yourself with positive people, you know, um, go out and meet people, but try to surround yourself with, with more positive people, people with knowledge, Uh, which will make a huge difference as well. Amazing. I mean, you're you're really a wonder woman. <laughs> It's not good enough. I wish. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. For, for a lot of us, yeah, you are. Mashallah, may Allah, may Allah bless you, continue to to give you your health and, um, and uh, like everything that you say. I mean, subhanAllah, one of the reasons why I, I also wanted to do this podcast is we look for like inspirations and role models, we don't usually turn to the Muslim women. We look mm. outside of that. Like if you look at, yeah. for instance, you were talking about time management and basically productivity and uh, how to be successful. Instinctively, because we've been a little bit colonized in our minds, we are going to look for, you know, models in the Western world, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And we have this tendency when... Um, actually, we should look for people like yourself, who, mashallah, who didn't have it easy and overcame their difficulties in life, their struggles, have their family in order, have their deen in order, have their career in order. SubhanAllah, what does one want more? I mean, why don't you look at people like yourself, Mariam, mashallah, rather than look at people who don't even have any direction in life? They might look on social media, they might look like they have some kind of success. But now, I mean, being vulnerable is also something which is appreciated. And when they start to open up and talk about their private life and all of the difficulties, the anxieties, depressions, 
like you don't want to have that obviously yeah. it can it can happen but why not look for the people who have the lifestyle that you actually identify with yeah. and you know where you are going yeah we know we are yeah. returning to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this, yeah. this is inevitable it's going to happen sooner or later rather than look for kind of role models in people who Yeah, yeah and they are actually they're lost when you ask them at the end of yeah, the day yeah. they yeah. find they find themselves very lonely uh very anxious if not depressed and um and lost and this, is, this is why this is why it's said to to lead a simple life yes um, the prophet um, the beloved prophet has set a perfect example yeah yeah and having as i said having the knowledge of your deen following the sunnah of the prophet simplify your life and make it so much easier yeah 100% it's, and i do understand you know i do understand i do say to my daughter she's like mom it's easy to say to them to be done but take step by step mm-hmm. slowly mm-hmm. you know implement those simple things in your life which will then you will you know you will understand and which will make your life much better because when we get into more sort of into the dunya Mm-hmm. that's when we start getting depression and anxiety and everybody i understand everybody suffers from it you know there's a time that i suffer from it as well and the only way i could overcome it is by being zikr that's the only way that i can overcome it but other people might have different some people like to maybe read salat al hajj um you know um or this like my mum um she's she, she's very strong woman she's never cried in front of us and the only time she cries in, in at, is in front of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in hamasalla um and she talked us the same Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's 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 okay to cry. It's okay to mm-hmm. cry to other people, but if you're crying in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, um, it seems like there's someone actually there listening to you. You were talking about your mom, and I feel like um, I should invite her as well. <laughs> 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 She would sure surely has uh, have to, a lot to 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 tell us uh, about parenting, about being a mom and struggles in life, and so on and so forth, and raising beautiful children. Like My mom says, says, "Be patient, do suffer." Be patient, do separate. That's all she says to me. And sometimes, you know, as a mom, like, mom, I'm tired. You know, my my child's not need this, or my husband's not. You know, and she's like, Mariam, suffer, patience. That's all you need. Okay, mom. So <laughs> yeah, that's a tip from mom: patience. Yeah, being patient, but also yeah. we can't understand that the wrong way. Like, suffer isn't being passive and waiting. And yeah. I mean, we've heard from you from the beginning. It's mm-hmm. not what you're doing. Like you're having sabr, but at the same time, you are very proactive. Yeah. And you are doing, like you are putting in the efforts and you are uh, working towards your goals. You're not just having patience in your corner and waiting yeah. until something happens to you. Absolutely. So it's also sometimes uh, maybe a misconception that we have, like, oh yeah, be patient, be patient, and like people might think, okay, it's just you don't do anything and you wait patiently. No, it's not what it yeah. means. Absolutely. It's being proactive and um, doing the causes yeah. that are going to change um, to change the situation. Absolutely. So um, it's just amazing to hear from you, Mariam. You've touched upon your vision now, your next project. Maybe on the longer term, if you can already have some kind. I mean, uh, the, our vision, our why is always kind of a moving target. But yeah. at this stage in your life, what impact would you like to have? What legacy yeah. you would like to to leave behind? Yeah. Um, so my goal at the moment, as as I mentioned before, is to 
um, educate uh, and continues to educate um, all Muslima, all Muslims, um, and um, start the Islamic uh, Laws of Inheritance course, uh, which is it's, it's 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 not easy. It's very complicated. So you know, um, I'm trying my best. Um, but also, I would like. I would like to leave this as a legacy for the next generations to mm-hmm. carry on this legacy and work and protect their loved ones for this dunya and hereafter, mm-hmm. because it's very, very important. As I said, Islamic law of inheritance is the knowledge, having the knowledge of this, of this is having the half of the knowledge of your deen, um, which is, which is quite a lot if you think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, leaving this behind so that the next generation um, can continue with this this legacy, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah, may Allah grant you tawfiq to to finish this project and start other projects, inshallah, as long as you're able to do that. What message or piece of advice uh, you want to to give to younger sisters who are listening to to this now? Uphold your faith; it serves as your guiding force. So your your faith will guide you. Place your trust in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Maintain sincere intentions, extend your assistance to others, and as an ambassador of Islam, because we are an ambassador of Islam, we should set a good example on how we behave, illustrating the qualities of a good human being, displaying care, respect, um, and willingness to help others, you know, and also excel your career by continuously educating yourself, recognizing the knowledge, which is very important. So having your deen and your dunya. If someone is listening to that and, um, you know, they are still not feeling very confident or they don't know what they do, want to do in life, what, um, how would you like to to tell them, okay, this is how you can, uh, you can find your path or it's okay if you make a mistake? Yeah, I mean, you learn from your mistakes. Um, that's the first thing. So if you, if you made a mistake, it's fine. That's how we learn. You know, all of us make mistakes. Um, you shouldn't beat yourself up saying, oh, no, I've made this mistake. But mm-hmm. just, just learn that mistake. Say, that, okay, how do I overcome that? Or how do I overcome my fear? And then step by step. So, for instance, there's women who are at home, maybe have children or their children are growing up now and they want to pursue a career or do something mm-hmm. like that. Do some volunteering work, participate in charities. That's when you start growing bonds with other people. So other members of the community, that's when you start talking to them. That's when you start um, connecting with other people. Um, that's, I think one, that's the most essential is start connecting with the community, start going out, talking to people. Um, that's how you're going to build confidence. Firstly. Secondly, if there is a career you want to go ahead with or is there anything in the world that you would like to do, start reading, reading on it, on the topics. Like, for instance, with myself and my husband, we're quite boring. We like the topic on taxation. Because <laughs> I deal with inheritance tax, my husband an accountant, he does more sort of income tax and capital gains tax. So you wouldn't believe that on our bedside, we have books that we read at night on taxation, which I like reading and so having the knowledge of it. So if you like reading on something, it can be anything, cooking, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to go to university. You don't have to go to the local college. You don't have to, you know, enroll yourself with, with courses. There's so much material out there on, on, online and you can go to the local library start mm-hmm. just pick up a book and start reading mm-hmm. and see you know you might that might be something there you like you like or if you if you don't have a hobby start reading the seerah the prophet's um, peace be upon him you know, his mm-hmm. seerah his his lifetime how he lived and, and tried to follow those steps 
And um, I would even say that even if if you are busy with everything, at some point you have to read it anyway. Yeah, absolutely, you should. And then uh, at the same time, like my mom, she's she's nearly about to retire. So what she's done is online, she's doing a tafsir. Um, and she said, you know, I've spent all my life, my 60 years, and now, you know, this is what the Quran is saying. It's so important that we should have learned this in my younger age. So yeah. you know, we should, I think, it's, the Quran is not for us when we grow old. It's for us, you know, when we when start from young. So, yeah, you know, just be strong, have your faith in Allah, and just try. As I said, it's easy to say that we're done, but mm-hmm. take small steps at a time, gradually, slowly, and inshallah you'll be there. And as I said before, try to be surround yourself with positive people. So these positive people can be, and I think charity is one of the most amazing, amazing place where people volunteer and help other people and have the have the intention that Allah SWT will reward you for that. So try start doing some volunteering work. In terms of the your youngest younger students who are universities and schools and you want to pursue any sort of um, career, dentistry, you know, medicine or law, um, try to do some voluntary works as well, such as you know, um, as I said. My younger brother who's um, currently doing medicine. What I, what I did with him is, well, I read, back when he was in, doing his A-levels, once he's completed A-levels and doing the holidays, I said to Muhammad, Muhammad, go and do some voluntary charity work. It doesn't matter whichever charity it is. It was, I think back then it was Salvation Army. This was about four years ago. Um, so he did some voluntary work then. Just, just to realise what you've got, just to be grateful for what you've got. And at the same time, as I said, we are the ambassador of Islam. So our behaviour will reflect our deen. And that's how people understand Islam is by our behavior, the, the how we are. And I said to Muhammad to understand and to go out there, face those, um, diff- you know, face those difficulties and understand how how people are suffering out there. So it can be homeless, you know, it can be a food bank. So some of that to you be, you know, these sort of things will make you realize you're blessed with so much. So definitely, I think volunteering work is one of the things that you should definitely do. And again, as I started my career as a volunteer slash work experience in a law firm. Mm-hmm. All I did is went into the law firm and I went to many different law firms and said, can I, can I do some extra like work experience work? So that was unpaid work. That's mm-hmm. where I started. That's amazing advice. I feel like... Um... Uh, what you've just said about doing voluntary work, go and work for charity, especially when you when we are young. I mean, yeah. we will not. I was saying that you, to someone the other day who was quite young, you like you feel the energy that you have now and the free time that you have now because you don't have all the yeah. responsibilities of uh, being married, children, children and so on and so <laughs> forth. So you actually have a lot of time, and mashallah, you're young, you're energetic. And the mistake we we kind of make at this time is to think that we will always be like that, like we will always be energetic and we will always hear, we'll always have all our 24 hours for ourselves. It's not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and better get prepared for that because um, if you are delaying the things that you say, okay, I'm going to do that later, when actually yeah. you should do that right now because right now is the best time because you're not married, you don't have kids, yeah. you are young. Yeah. You are yep. full of energy. Don't mm. think you're going to be in this state <laughs> forever. Yeah, forever, absolutely. it's going yeah. to change. And so, if you want to start memorizing the Quran, yeah, if you absolutely. want to do that voluntary work, mm. uh, learning Arabic or whatever, or, or just just learn about something you're passionate about. Well, yeah. now if you're young again, you're not married, or maybe you're married, but you don't have children, and so on and so forth. Well, now is actually the best time 
And it reminds me, um, maybe you can also correct me if uh, I say something wrong. Um, obviously, my, my knowledge is not uh, that of yours, but the, 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 the hadith of the Prophet, وسلم, the things that we, we do not value as much as we should until we lose them is yeah. the free time and our health. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with you. Yeah. So when we are young and we have both is definitely the time when we should uh, maximize it and really use that to the, to our potential. Because later, I know from uh, my own experience and maybe other people, this is one of the regrets that we have. Like I was young, I could have done so much. I was so, I mean, I, I was never tired. <laughs> We could have sleepless nights and go yeah. go to uni or go to work and yeah, and still be energetic and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Just uh, the case now. Absolutely, I think yes, it's very important for the younger generation because the gen younger generation do not understand until you hit a certain age, then you regret that oh no, I should have done this. But then, when you're older, it doesn't mean that you can you stop there. That's it, you can't do it. Yeah, if you yeah. can, whichever age you are. You know, it doesn't matter if you're in your 40s, 30s, 20s, whatever age, 50s, 60s. If you want to do something, start. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you definitely. want to pursue law, if you want to pursue a career, go for it. You know, yeah. there's, there's no age limit. You know, you should always study. You should always continue educating yourself anyway. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Knowledge yeah. has, um, there's no age to... to there's no age. Yeah, yeah there's no age. And I also have... I graduated when I was 28, whereas my friends graduated when they were 21, 22. So I was slightly older. I was a mature student. But it doesn't mean that, you know, I step back and say, no, I can't do it. It was hard. It's been very, very hard. I remember being full-term pregnant with my second child. Mm -hmm. and my husband, bless him, driving me to Coventry for my exams. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it's been hard. But if you're determined. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely you can do that, inshallah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's not the message for the young is do not waste time and yeah. if you're older you're already advanced in your career or in your life it doesn't mean you don't do anything now oh yeah i missed the i missed the yeah. boat no it's not like that obviously uh we never stop learning absolutely should we never stop we, we we never stop learning and we know also from um stories of um the previous generation like from the salaf of of people who actually started very late in life seeking knowledge and become scholars that yeah. we are now reading and talking about them. Talking about them. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. There are also many examples of people who start memorizing the Quran after 60 years old. Yes. And it's, it is possible. It is. So, whenever it is the determination. Start. Yeah, definitely. So uh, it was wonderful um, speaking with you, Mariam. Can you share with us where we can find out more about your work, how we can get in contact with you? Um, you well, my work. You can visit our website, mm -hmm. um, which is WNP Legal, um, and then if you go to our website, you'll be able to see there's a section on Islamic Wheels, so you'll have um, information about that. Um, you can also visit on our Facebook Islamic Wheels uh, Facebook, which will have my legal clinics, lots of free legal clinics on there, recorded videos. Um, you can see. We can also find on LinkedIn, Mariam Khan. And if you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer. I do not charge for any sort of questions. You can email me directly at uh, mariam.khan at wmplegal.co.uk 
And yeah. I'm definitely going to share all of the details. Uh, so anyone who who needs your services know where to find you. And inshallah, um, I'm looking forward to hear from your course. I will definitely have a look at it myself uh, because again, it's uh, it's knowledge that we all need. Yeah. And um, and also the reason why I wanted to to, to speak with you and uh, learn from you more. So thank you so much, Jazakallah Khairan, uh, Mariam, for being with us today. I think I forgot to ask you which city you are in. In Peterborough. Okay, thank you. It's close to, uh, to Cambridge, the Cambridgeshire area. So okay, okay, great. I can visual. I can visualize where where that is. Not not so far away from London. Thank you so much, uh, Mariam, for joining me for sharing your wonderful experience. Mala, bless you and your family and your mom. Uh, thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I hope everyone listening to to the episode also enjoyed it as much as I did. And please uh, send any questions that you have. You'll have all the details in the description. Thank you again for everyone uh, listening in and um, see you next time, inshallah. <laughs>